what I'm doing this in the 80s and 90s, okay? I could go to the major television channels that were, that were filming in L.A., Channel 5, 7, CBS, ABC, all those channels. And they had to donate 5% of their airtime to community grassroots groups. So what, so what I would do is, as part of our outreach, okay, is I'd go to these TV channels. And so we started, we started flooding the cable channels with shows. Because then, the, then the producers of these, these channels, the managers, were coming to me saying, do you have any more content? And I'm like, well, what do you have in mind? And they said, well, we'd like to know more about your group. And their interns would produce our show. And I would interview members of our program and have them talk about how they were getting help in our program, the things they were coming out of, yada, yada. So I'd bring in women from the program, and we'd put them on the show for half an hour. And the channels used to air that at that time. And then, of course, at the end, they'd put our hotline number, and then people would call. So we were getting a lot of calls coming in at that time from those cable channels. What, you was, know? Your, what was the first talk show? The first talk show was um, uh, Sally Jesse Raphael. So, so and, and so how did that come about? How do you get on Sally? Do you just call her up? I mean, how does that happen? Uh, I took my news clipping from when I was arrested and sent it into Sally's producers and said, if you want me to come on the show and talk about it, I'll be more than happy to. Now, I did it to promote the hotline because I made a deal with the producer. I said, I'll do your show, but I want you to put up the hotline number for our hotline at the end of the show. And, and that was how I promoted our hotline was I'd get on television and the producers had to put the hotline for the Prostitutes Anonymous hotline up at the end of the show. Okay, good. So you're you're promoting now. So you do you do a Sally. You get comfortable with it. What do you just do you just start knocking them out, or is it something you took time with, or because I got all kinds. Well, of Well, coincidentally, coincidentally, okay, this gets interesting to me, is because by 1988, Joe Conforti, who was the guy who created the first legal brothel, and he had ran the Mustang Ranch, he had decided that he wanted to expand legalized prostitution into California as an AIDS solution. That was his marketing angle. Okay, hold on, Simba. Of course, the dog wants out the minute I'm walking you again. Okay, so he had started this whole campaign about wanting to get a law passed to allow legal brothels, because they were only legal in small counties in Nevada, right? Now, with AIDS raging, you know, everybody's terrified, right? So he came up with this study. He bought this study. He totally bought this study. He got some student researcher to come out to the brothel, and he completely rigged the test up to make it look like none of his girls had AIDS, right? So he's now seen a marketing opportunity to expand legalized prostitution as a solution to this problem, is that let's get all the illegal prostitutes off the streets that are killing people with AIDS, Let's get everybody in the legal brothels, and it's going to solve the AIDS problem, you know? So this was his solution, right? Yeah. And, God, are you there? Of course, the dog's all over me. Hold on. <laughs> Take your time. Oh, man. So he'd gotten this study done, right? But he basically he paid this researcher to do it for him, you know? Because I remember talking to the chick. He'd given her the women to study. I'm like, oh, yeah, he would test. Got it, you know? 
But when you when you're trying to promote a law or, you know, get a law passed or, or fight a law, when you're trying to do something about a law back then, they had the thing called the Fairness Doctrine. Now, the Fairness Doctrine was basically producers had this thing where if you were going to come on to either promote or, or oppose a law that was being considered, you had to come on with an opposing viewpoint. So what happens is Joe wants to promote, you know, go on television and promote this, this law he wants passed, right? But he can't get on television because nobody wanted to oppose him. So I get to get, oh, God, the cat got out. I got to call you back. God right, call damn me it. back. Call me back. The cat got out. Shit. <laughs> call me back. Yeah. So we had some technical difficulties. <laughs> Hopefully she calls right back. We'll see. You there? Yeah, sorry. That's all right. God, I was walking the dog and the cat saw her opportunity. <laughs> Good you got her. Usually cats are pretty... I thought that was going to be a while, just because. Okay, I'm back. All right. All right we're yeah. talking about Joe. I get a phone call from Joe. And he said, because he's hearing about this chick running around L.A., you know, trying to help prostitutes, right? And he says, I got a problem. And I'm like, what? And he said... He said the fairness doctrine, you know, basically, because you you couldn't talk about a law without an opposing viewpoint. And he said, nobody will go on television against me. They're all scared of me. Now, I didn't know that much about Joe. I just knew he ran the brothels. I knew he was connected to the mob. But so I don't understand what everybody was so scared of him about. Right. But he needed me in his own way to oppose him to get on television. He couldn't get on television to promote his idea of expanding legalized prostitution into California as a as a way to deal with the AIDS crisis. Gotcha. So he's like, are you willing to come on to oppose me? And I'm like, shit, free television, what the hell? Might be good TV. Sure. You know? And where was that? Where, I, where was that at? Well, that we started doing the circuit. I mean, we we for that year, I was on television every week. And I remember that the hard part was, in the beginning, like, okay, we did like that Sally Jesse Raphael show where him and I did a two-part series in it. And I was coming on voicing the opinion of the opposition, right? Yeah. But I, it, was, it was also to get, you know, again, the hotline out. Because at the end of the show, they would put up the hotline number to call. So I'm getting thousands of phone calls off this show. You know, so I'm game, right? Now, when you say the circuit, what shows were they? And did you ever leave L.A.? Or did you, did you what do you mean circuit? Well, there were there were main basic talk shows back then yeah, I got that you. everybody saw. You know, there was the Jerry Springer, there was Maury Povich, there was Sally Jesse Raphael, there was Geraldo, there was you know Oprah. There, you know, there's the circuit. You know, now, now did and you do all those basically, shows? Basically, if you mean, wanted to promote something, you went on all the talk shows. What you know? shows did you do though? I just want to get a list here. So all of them. You did. You did inside all edition. of them. I did everything. But, Every time you, you went know, on these the, shows, you were with Joe. Well, for that year, that solid year, we were doing television every week or radio. We did radio. We did news. We did. I mean, we just blasted the country that year. Now, did uh, with you him travel? and I doing the doing the tour, you know? Did you travel for that? Oh yeah, we went to. Okay, at that time, most talk shows were filmed in Chicago. There was a few in New York, and then I did one in Florida. There was this, a show called the Christina Show, which was done in Spanish only, which I kept going, how the hell are you going to do me in Spanish? 
She said, well, I'm a translator. I'm like, okay, you you understand I don't speak Spanish. They said, yeah, but we want the Spanish audience to hear you. So they flew me down to Miami to do Christina. And then New York was the Joan Rivers show, I think, was one we did in New York. I think that was Joan Rivers. Yeah. And then Geraldo was in New York. And then Donahue was in New York. And but Sally, Jerry, Maury, all those guys were in Chicago. So yeah. And and see actually this is how part of how our program spread. So as I'm traveling to like Chicago a lot, I'm also working with a lot of Chicago groups and I'm getting them meeting formats and I'm giving them prostitutes anonymous, you know, formats and books and literature. So the talk shows actually helped me spread the program. No, um, I would imagine so. Yeah, definitely. But see, because, like, I'll give you an example how it all intersects together. Is that, like, Joe calls me up. He wants to do a Jerry Springer. Okay, we'll do Jerry Springer. And they did this thing on talk shows called Ambush, right? They just told me it was going to be me and Joe. You know, they didn't tell me that there was going to be three of his working girls on, on the show with us. So I got ambushed into that. You know, I mean, I'm, I'm on stage, and next thing I know, there's three chicks next to me and two Johns. So I, talk about outnumbered, right? I'm supposed to be the opposing viewpoint, and I got Joe. I got three <laughs> girls that work for him, and I got two clients, all talking about how great legalized prostitution is, and I'm having to fend for myself out there on that stage, right? I mean, I felt they were just ripping me to shreds. Joe's wonderful. The bottles are wonderful. They just, I mean, they were like marionettes. You know, just, oh, I love legal brothels, you know, and they were just totally ripping into me, right? Yeah. And then, I mean, I came out of there feeling a little wounded, right? And then all of a sudden, one of the women, she pulls me over to the side, and she's like hysterical. She says, you've got to get me out of here. She says, I will not go back on that plane with Joe. She said, get me out of here. And I'm like, what? She claimed that Joe had brought her out there on a private plane. When he heard about the show... She claims that she had been drugged. She claims that she had been forced on that plane and that she had been told all the way there that she had better do a good job or else. And that she was scared to go back home. She wow. said, I, she said, there are women disappearing out here on this ranch. And she said, I'm scared that I am never going to be heard from again. If I go back home, she hey, says, you have got to get me out of here. And you mean you the know? Mustang ranch, the Mustang ranch is what you're saying. Yeah, this was, she was working at the Mustang ranch for Joe. And this is a story she's telling me, and let me tell you, this woman was terrified. So I went and got the producer. I said, calm down. I'll go talk to the producer. We'll see what we can do. And the producer said, let's stage an ambulance call. Okay, that sounds reasonable, you know, because it'll happen so fast that Joe won't know what's happening. We can drag her out of there in an ambulance. So that's what we did. We staged an ambulance call. Got the paramedics in had her fake that she was having some kind of heart attack or something. They drag her out of the ambulance. Joe's just standing there not knowing what the hell's going on. And then when we get the ambulance a couple blocks away, I pull him over and tell him, hey, you guys, we're just trying to get her out of here. Please take us over to Genesis House. And we took her over to Genesis House. What happens is, you know, a couple months go by, and I start getting calls saying, did you really get so-and-so out? Did you really get her out? And I'm like, yeah. Why? You know, and I'm hearing because I need help out. So because of her is when I started getting calls from the brothels saying, get me out of here. Because 
I don't know, if you look at the geography of where these brothels are, they're in the middle of nowhere. They are in the middle of Timbuktu, okay? And what people don't realize is that there are no cabs in these towns, because, of course, my reaction is, well, why don't you just get on a bus and get the fuck out of there? There are no buses. What? You know, can you call a cab? No, there's no cabs. Uh, and I'm like, uh, can you get to somebody? No, I'm two hours outside of Las Vegas or I'm an hour outside of Reno. I mean, so here I am in, in L.A. and I'm getting these calls from these women that are telling me I have got no way out of here. So I, I would say to them, well, just walk. Just go to the nearest payphone and call somebody, right? And then I'd hear, I can't, they'll arrest me. What? I'm like, are you shitting me? And they tell me stories of how they tried to get up and walk out, and the sheriff came and drug them back. How did they get this law passed? Well, the AIDS law, they said that because they're testing them for HIV before they go to work at the brothel, they had actually passed a law that they cannot leave the premises for 48 hours. Well, what that means is when they bring the women in, think about how convenient this is. On the AIDS laws, if they're to be tested for AIDS and they have to stay on the premises for 48 hours, now let's say that somebody took you there that you're not too happy about being there and you want to walk out, you can't. It is against the law. You will be arrested if you leave the premises. But that's when I started noticing that the police were totally different in Nevada than anywhere else. And I'll give you an example, like, I'm calling Crystal. I'm calling Mound. I'm calling these areas where the brothels are. And I'm saying, I got a woman calling me from the brothel who says that she would like to leave. She wants to get away from her pimp. Can you send somebody out to her? Hell no, I can't send somebody out there. And I mean, I'm getting real antagonism from the police in Nevada. So, I mean, that's when I had to actually start getting people to get in their car and go get these women. Do you have any specific story with that? Because it seems like you probably had a lot of stories. I got a million stories. Yeah, yeah. Is, there, is there any of them that, that stick to you more than the others? Yeah. Yeah. A couple. Well, I can tell you some pretty wild shit. Yeah. I bet you could. That's what I'm saying. I mean, it's it's so they, they're trapped in the desert is what you're saying, on these compounds. Yeah. And the cops are in on it. So they just can't do anything, and they just fucking, they're stuck there. And I can imagine they're mm -hmm. disappearing. I can imagine all this crazy shit's happening. That's why I ask you, because you know. Well, in the beginning, I mean, you got to realize, I'm in L.A. What the fuck am I going to do? So in the beginning stages, you know, I'm like, is there anybody out there that can help you? I mean, I mean, am I going to leave and drive from L.A. out there? I mean, I got work in the morning. I mean, I don't know what to do. You know, do you know anybody that can drive you out of there? I'd hear, well, the cook's got a car, you know. So I'd say, well, can you ask the cook to drive you to the bus station or the airport and fly you down to L.A. so I can help you, you know. And so that in the very beginning, that's what we did. We had the cooks would throw them in the car, take them down to the airport and fly them to L.A. Okay, until, of course, they found out that that's what was happening, and they decided to fire all the cooks. Hmm. Okay, but Joe had started this campaign of his own to sweet talk me into coming to being a madam for him. Remember, we're doing an awful lot of talk shows together. So, you know, he comes at me with, well, why don't you come to work for me as a madam? You know, and he starts trying to, you know, sweet talk me on that level. Like, it's legal. He keeps saying it's legal. 
you don't have to worry about going to jail. You can do what you want. You can, I mean, oh boy, talk about the devil in your ear. Oh my God, he was the devil in my ear. Because I'm really considering this, you know, like, well, it is legal. Okay, you know, I mean, it, 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 he really started messing with me, right? Now, as he's trying to sweet talk me into coming to work there as an Adam, right? I'm going, but I'm hearing all these horror stories, Joe. And he's sweet talking me that these girls, oh, he goes, oh, come on. He goes, those girls are lying to you. That's not true. They're just trying to get your sympathy. They're playing you. So he started saying to me, look, why don't you come up, take a look at the place, see that I'm not this big demon they're pointing me out to be, you know, get to see how the place operates. Okay, well, as he does this, I'm considering it. I'm totally considering it. Why not? Yeah. Right? You know, I don't have any kids yet. I don't, you know, I don't know. Maybe I can change my viewpoint, right? Maybe the women are lying. I don't know. So, and I'm out of work. So I figure, you know, I'll go see what's up. And I met this woman there. Her name was uh, Charnel. And she was the madam there. And so Charnel and I struck up kind of a friendship. She starts telling me her version of things, obviously, and of what's going on at the brothels and telling me that we need to shut this place down. We need to do something about Joe. I mean, the horror stories that I was hearing out of Charnel at Girl Your Hair. She was telling me things like that thing in The Godfather. A lot of that was based on truth in The Godfather. She said that story about a girl disappearing and his murder was, you know, that they used to blackmail the senator. She said that was real. And she said there are girls that, you know, are killed and are disappearing out of this place. I mean, she told me some seriously bad shit's going on out of this place. And she was like, we got to do something about Joe. We've got to get him, like, brought to justice. I mean, she's just... And then she told me about the murder um, of the boxer. There's a whole movie about it, by the way, if you want to watch it, called Love Mountain. And supposedly he started sponsoring. He wanted to get into sponsoring prize fighters. So he brings out this boxer from Argentina and he's sponsoring him and he's staying at the ranch while he's training. And Joe shot him dead in front of an, a police officer. That's what blows my mind is that he shot the boxer in front of the Nye County Sheriff. And Joe never did a day in jail for that. I mean, they tried to say the bodyguard did it and they tried to pin it on this poor guy that was a little slow mentally and couldn't really defend himself. Joe had said something about he would pay for it. Basically, the, the supposed story is that Joe had told him he would pay for the time in jail if he took the fall for it. This is what I'm hearing, and that he basically got this guy to you know take the fall for it for money. Um, so he he killed you know, a boxer. You're saying he killed a boxer from Argentina? You haven't heard the story? Oh, um, yeah, it, it was all over the news. And they, like I said, made a movie about it. Helen Mirren played the madam. Was this you know, before because, after? Was this before after you were there? Oh, this is all. I mean, you gotta realize this is all a long time frame. There was some really seriously bad shit going on up there. I'm hearing that it. he's raping women. I'm hearing that women are disappearing. I'm hearing women are being sold for organs. I'm hearing women are that they've got guys in that are raping them and beating them, and they're letting them because they don't want bad publicity. I'm hearing that women have been brutally beaten by customers um, and that it's not reaching the news because it's bad publicity for the brothels. 
Hmm. You know, I, I mean, I'm just hearing that these women are really being used up badly. She's telling me that these horror stories are real, that he'd even murdered somebody. And she said they, that, that everyone's scared of him. She said the police are scared of him. The people are scared of him. She said that she said the only way that we're going to stop this man is to get him locked up in prison. And I'm like, so how do we get him locked up in prison? Everything he does is legal. So we don't know how we're going to get him arrested for these horrible things that are going on when there's no witnesses, there's no evidence. Everything he's doing is legal. The police are basically on his payroll. How do we, how do you stop a man like that? I'm like, can we do anything about income tax evasion? You know, if that's how they got Al Capone, you know, and she goes, yes, there's two sets of books. And she did know about another set of books, uh, the real books, right? And then the one he was showing the IRS. And I said, can you get at the real books? Yes, I can get at the real books. So that's when we went about this whole sort of orchestrated plan to get the real books to the IRS. Man, you're playing and, with fire on that one. Oh, boy, did we. Now you're getting an idea what people don't like me do well. Okay? Gotcha. Because she got the books to the IRS. The IRS comes in, and they took over control of the brothel. They actually told Joe, you're out. You owe us like a million. I don't know what the figure was. Something like a million dollars you owe us in, in avoided taxes. Yeah. Now, what Joe did while he's going through his trial and he's now out, at this time, Joe's still saying to me, well, I'm gone out of it. You could still work there as, as a madam. They really need you now because the IRS doesn't know how to run this place. I mean, they're really in my head now about the IRS doesn't know how to properly run a place. You know how to run a place like this. Why don't you come in and help manage it during this time? Joe's gone now. Maybe you can straighten things out. I mean, man, they're really messing with my head back in big time. So my third sponsor sits me down and he goes, let me get this straight. He said, you've been on television now for a couple of years promoting Prosecutes Anonymous. And he said, then you're going to go get a job as a madam at the brothel? He goes, what is that going to send? What kind of message is that going to send to everybody that you've been talking to for the last three years about, you know, getting out, going straight? What kind of message is that going to send? Yeah. I didn't really quite have an answer to that. And I go, you know, I came back with a typical, since when am I a fucking role model? Is that my <laughs> job is to be a role model? You know, I mean, that, that logic wasn't really getting to me, right? Yeah. And then, because I felt like I'm not elected a role model, it's not my job, what people want to do with their lives, yada, yada. I got to worry about paying my own rent. But Joe talked this other woman into taking the job instead of me when he realized I wasn't going to do it. He got this other woman in, and she wound up, Joe had completely set her up. He set her up to take the phone, because what he did was they were, they were getting ready to come at him, and I think they had sentenced him to jail for the income tax evasion. Yeah. And right when they were getting ready to put him in jail, he skipped the country. That's when he went to Brazil. So he evidently went down through Mexico to get out of the country, so he, like, snuck out of the country. So, so much for legal. He, legal, my ass. You're still in bed with criminals. <laughs> Oh,
Tonight. 